now my blood's so mad Feels like coagulating I'm sitting here just contemplating I can't twist the truth It knows no regulation Handful of senators don't pass legislation And marches alone can't bring integration When human respect is disintegrating This whole crazy world is just too frustrating And you tell me over and over and over again My friend, I don't believe We're on the eve of destruction You're such a good boy. You're such a good boy. Hello. My quest to get us in the same room for recording is proving elusive, but I think I think this is working okay. Do you? Yeah, it's fine by me. Do you want me to join you? No. If our devices get too close to each other, they'll like start screaming. Okay. We are hosting Rob Hanna tomorrow, yeah. our first our first guest on the podcast. Yeah, it's exciting. Very exciting. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's I think it like takes balls for him to come on because it's easy to talk to people who see the world the same way that you do, but it's a oh. hard to talk to people who disagree with you, you know? Okay. Yeah, for sure. I have a question for you. Can I, okay. may I yeah, pose go ahead. it? Please, uh, please. Let me know if it's too personal. <laughs> okay. <laughs> One of the podcasts that I listen to and really like is called The Honeydew with Ryan Sickler. Shout out to Night Pants Nation. And he asks every first time guest, what would you say to your 16-year-old self? But my question for you is a variant of that. Okay. What would you say to a 22-year-old version of yourself who is thinking about working at Wright-Patterson Air Force Base? Hmm. Uh, maybe to, you know, explore some things a little bit more before diving into that. There's yeah. no doubt it's a good job. I told you, you know, my feelings about the civil service broadly, not just working at Wright-Patterson Air Force Base, I think is a really important part of our, you know, functioning of our, our nation. That seems a little dramatic, but um, I think I don't it's true. Think, yeah, I don't think it's dramatic. A competent professional civil service is crucial to the success of our country. And for a long time, our country did not have that. In my practice suing the government, Mm -hmm. I've learned a little bit more about the history of that. And it's like civil service jobs used to be patronage jobs handed out to the winner of every election. It was Theodore Roosevelt who was was really instrumental in remaking the civil service Mm -hmm. to be a professional one. Well, I just read something about that. And he upset a lot of people in the political machine of New York for, you know, not really playing by their patronage rules. Theodore Roosevelt, original bad bitch. Oh, without a doubt. 
I guess all of the lessons I've learned about organizations have been in the context of the Air Force Base. Mm -hmm. Sometimes the sorority house could get pretty Lord of the Flies. But in terms of rank abuse, for me, Wright-Patterson Air Force Base is a unmatched example. Do you agree? Uh, Yeah, I I do agree with you. It's really insular. Jordan Peterson, who is the inspiration of one of my arm tattoos, talks about how people sort themselves into hierarchies just naturally. And not even humans do this. Animals who are as different from us as lobsters do this. Yeah. You know that study, I think it was done at Stanford in the 1960s, where they had certain students play prison guards and they gave them mirrored sunglasses. And then they had other students play the prisoners Mm -hmm. and and they had to, I think, shut it down because it like got so weird. And I never really understood like how that can happen until I worked at the Air Force Base. Really? What do you mean? I saw cruelty leveled against people who were different Mm -hmm. or people who didn't have their 2.3 kids, who didn't Mm. worship white Jesus, who just like didn't conform to suburban housewife dream in the words of Donald Trump. People who were different and Mm -hmm. sometimes even people who were assholes. And Mm -hmm. I've encountered this in the law practice, too. And you and I have talked about it. Assholes have rights, too. Mm -hmm. But never have I seen people turn into something the way that I saw that at the Air Force Base. Like someone becomes a supervisor and then someone climbs and climbs. And then you just see the enforcement of really backwards ideals, stupid decision-making, really self-serving and short-view decision-making, like scapegoating. Everyone is just trying to protect, not everyone, you know, it's not everyone and it's not even most people or half of the people, but it's enough to poison an organization if you don't do anything about it. And when the value becomes management protecting management, which I think it has been for many years, Mm -hmm. is the pervasive and prevailing value Mm -hmm. of management at Right Pat is to protect other management at Right Pat and to cement their place in the totem pole, you Mm -hmm. know? Mm Mm-hmm. And I just got so disillusioned. I saw at Wright Patterson Air Force Base bullying that I have not seen really on any playground. And I guess that is why I think it reminds me of that experiment with the mirrored sunglasses. 
I hear you. Yeah, I mean, it was pretty pretty awful in my experience in the last few years. The organization I worked for was really, really bad at that stuff. And I think they really encouraged it. You know what I mean? So it was, yeah. uh, you know, you talk about like retaliation and things like that in the abstract. Um, I think... They, they, that was okay. That was like a management technique. <laughs> That's what we do here. My cubicle has walls that go all the way almost to the ceiling. I outrank you. Yeah, and that's what it was. And I became very disillusioned. And again, it seems like another dramatic thing to say, but I, you know, I believe that part of the operation of my organization, that organization, was corrupt. Shout out to the Air Force Research Labs. <laughs> I think they, you know, were an example of of it, a type of corruption. Do you want to talk about your claim at all? I defer to you on that if you think it's appropriate. I might hesitate to say too much if, if we're lucky enough how, to move forward. You know what I mean? Like, How about we talk about it and then we can edit it if we're not into it? Yeah, you would think that this would be something that could be the basis of any like deposition examination yeah, exactly, in the future exactly. that's that's my point yeah well let's just like talk about it and if we okay. decide to not use it we decide to not use it just like Fine. the strokes we can edit this out right that's uh when they're talking about partying with the uh queens of the stone age with yeah. noted batterer <laughs> josh Halmy. fair enough your organization at the Air Force Research Labs in contracting was run by a team of average managerial incompetence. But things really took a turn when one of the defendants in our matter was promoted. And I am not going to say her name because I am also going to call her illiterate. At Wright-Patterson Air Force Base, I can think of three people who I encountered in the last five years of the decade and a half I spent working there, who I would have described as without question suffering from an intellectual disability. Yeah, I think that's reasonable to point out. I, I think that I have observed that. And you and I each have much loved disabled family members. So we support, say this, and you know, I'm fucking crazy. So we can call it should be a disability. So, you know, we don't say this as meaner, neener, someone didn't get good grades. This is how one of the defendants in our matter coped with not being able to really understand what was happening. That's true. But I think that defendant was under enormous pressure from the organization, if you want to be charitable about it. But I think she was the, the organization was enforcing some really harsh accountability policies. For whatever reason, I have some theories that maybe aren't awesome about that. Um, I think there was a lot of coincided with the change in administration in 2016. There was a, a movement within the early Trump administration to do this through executive orders, through changes to the union management relationship, all of these kind of things. Like it wasn't a secret, 
But I think that in the research laboratory, some people interpreted that in a really harsh way and were happy to apply it to people they'd worked with for, for many years. They didn't really think through it, which was part of that defendant's problem, too. She was happy to do it, in my opinion. She was doing what she thought would make her look good in to her boss. Yeah, that's my opinion. I think she definitely acted poorly. I think it was coming from bigger changes within the Air Force, especially the leadership of the research laboratory. So the let's talk about the uncivil servant. Okay. So the uncivil servant is a book. It is an expensive book. The last time we looked it up, on Amazon, it sold for, gosh, I want to say between $300 and $500. Yeah, I think we put $500 in our complaint. Around the time that you spoke up, copies of the uncivil servant started appearing on one of our defendant's desks. And the uncivil servant is a book about how military and government supervisors can essentially get around the protections that federal employees have been given by statute, negotiated labor agreements, or court case. The idea that people were trained in this is so contrary to what the Air Force of my dad and your grandfather stood for. Mm-hmm. And maybe, well, shit, we didn't work there then. Maybe it was fucked up then too. The Air Force's core values, integrity, service before self, and excellence in all we do are not the Air Force's core values. The Air Force's core values are white Jesus, conformity, and I need me mine. And when I say I need me mine, I'm talking about both some of the crazy management expectations that you encountered at Air Force Research Labs and some of the things that I saw where I worked, which was the shit, (laughs) which was the Air Force Security and Cooperation Directorate, which was a place where we administered the money that our international partners spend on their defense through the United States military. I remember seeing some charts on a printer one day that our 40-year-old GS-15 had printed, and it was talking about the broader span of management control that was going to be exerted over employees. And because there was going to be this broad span of management control, we were going to be able to meet all of these metrics and goals just that were fucking crazy. And Mm -hmm. so we would either be held to unrealistic standards or realistic standards that did not mean anything. Yeah. And you can suffer with a manager who doesn't know what they're missing. But when someone says, 
fuck it, I do know. I do know that I'm hurting people and uh, this is how I'm going to continue to do it. That is when if you don't speak up, you're just complicit in my view. Yeah. And And people don't typically speak up. No. I mean, people in your old office were hospitalized. That's right. I would say that the meanest that girls ever were was in like fourth or fifth grade. Mm. Middle school's rough and high school was pretty even. At least that was my experience. Mm. But I never saw anyone get bullied into the fucking hospital. And like, these are adults. They would like come for people who were maybe more dysfunctional than them or come for people who didn't wear some of the right stuff and it's like in our office you had a broad range of income so you would have someone who's making a hundred five a hundred and ten a hundred and fifty thousand dollars a year telling someone on our delivery reporting team which was making around minimum wage that like their club dress was inappropriate so that might be what that girl has, you know? Right. I mean, these if you want to have people with tailored shit on, pay tailored shit money. Yeah, they they went through a movement in that in my old office where they wanted to like have people dress a certain way for for no real good reason. <laughs> like <laughs> it's completely contrary to both Air Force instruction and the master labor agreement to control how someone dresses. It's like the Nazis had pieces of flair that they would make the Jews wear, (laughs) you know? Right, right. (laughs) I watch television sometimes in the mornings before you get up. I recently started watching something narrated by Ben Kingsley on uh-huh. PBS called Religions of the World. Cool. Episode one was about Judaism. Oh, shit. What those fucking people have been through. Mm-hmm. Like the Holocaust wasn't even, wasn't even really half of it. Throughout all of history, you were Jews have been er- persecuted. You were saying earlier that there was this thing called blood libel oh yeah yeah so let me see if i understand that and you can tell me when i'm wrong i know you're always afraid of mansplaining to me but you really need to realize how uneducated i am well i mean i don't want to act like i have all the answers or understand everything i you know a lot of my understanding is superficial and i admit that One of the ideas behind the Eve of Destruction podcast is that we don't have to have all the answers, you know? And it's like if Americans thinking they have to have all the answers before they have a voice that's worth hearing, that's how you get freaking these crazy dillweeds in the Congress. I mean, Jesus (laughs) Christ. Some of these people look like they've been dead for six months. Right. But the young ones are, I think, scarier. I agree. Fuck out of Missouri. Is it Missouri? Oh, yeah. The John Roberts clerk, former clerk. Josh Hawley. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I, I was trying to think through that. Is this like a brilliant political maneuver for him to raise his profile? Or is it, you know, reckless to do that? to do it that way. You know, I don't, I don't know. I tend to think I, it's dangerous, but I have two words for you. Yeah. 
gay face. Oh no. <laughs> well, I... Matt Josh Holly's got the gay face. Oh, and sorry. when you are like worried too much about how other people fuck, that just tells you a little something. I, I hear you on that. I, I agree with you on that. Like, who cares? So back to the persecution of the Jews. Yeah. I, uh, like the Holocaust, I actually felt better watching this documentary because I like am weirdly always fixated on the Holocaust. I think what about do you mean? Why? I oh, think you do? about the Holocaust a lot. I would wow, say I think really yeah. It's like you know how just like sometimes as an adult you like think like I don't know you look back and see times where maybe you weren't like okay as a kid like I used to (laughs) I used to be fixated on the idea that too many people were going to die and the cemeteries would overflow as a child but I think about the holocaust probably three times a day wow really well I mean yeah it was just so horrible Like, I can't conceive of how it happened. How can there be a God or any kind of just or loving creator that would let this happen? Uh, It's a reasonable uh, conclusion. But after watching the story of the Jews as narrated by Sir Ben Kingsley, (laughs) they've been through just as bad or even worse since the beginning of time. Yeah, the Holocaust didn't, or in World War II, didn't just pop out of nowhere. You know what I mean? It was was based on, there's a biography of Hitler that I've recently read most of or part of. When Hitler was in Vienna um, as a student, anti-Semitism wasn't unfamiliar. It was everywhere. There was all these changes in society at the turn of the century in Austria and in that part of the world. And a lot of uh, Jewish people were leaving Russia and coming west toward, you know, toward Austria or to Vienna where where Hitler was. So there was this explosion of anti-Semitism. He didn't create it, is my point. You know what I mean? It wasn't, he just um, uh, used that idea, those ideas really i think an important thing to know like we think that like oh adolf hitler perpetrated the holocaust or the nazis perpetrated the holocaust it's like no the german people of which i am a quarter so maybe that's why maybe i have some like dna guilt we're okay with this and yeah that's what i was thinking about that today like the american liberators when they uh, came into some of these towns would force the inhabitants to like go. They made them go to the camps mm-hmm. and to like look at it. Like, like you're not getting out of this. Like this is happening. Mm-hmm. You know, this happened here. But yeah, you're right. I think the German people allowed it to happen. And there's Germany. a lot to be said on that, but you know what I mean? I don't want to generalize too much about it. One of the things that I learned in this show is that, Christianity persecuted Jews really since they were like driven out of Israel. It was actually a Bob Marley lyric on the rivers of 
Zion. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Mm-hmm. But like they read this passage that I was like, no shit, that's a Bob Marley lyric. One of the reasons why Jews are so touchy about all things Israel and the Jewish state is that if the Jews had had somewhere to flee in World War II, then they might not have been stuck. And so I thought, oh, okay. I always just kind of felt like they stole it from the Palestinians. And I think you could still make that argument. But I at least understood more of the historical basis. Christians used to believe in something that is referred to now as blood libel, which is the idea that Jews needed human blood for sacrifice in their religious ceremonies. Mm -hmm. And it led to the widespread persecution of Jews. And like in the Ben Kingsley show, they talked about how they'd like make them wear fucked up hats and shit. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And it's just like, God, I'm glad we don't have kids. (laughs) I hear you. One of the things that makes me hope we're not on the verge of a similarly oppressive time is Mm -hmm. that the American right or American evangelical Christianity seems to be pretty all in with Israel. We got to not let this go anti-Semitic. I don't know where this train's going to land, yeah. but like we can't fucking start rounding people up, right? Or do we already do that? I don't, I don't know. I guess maybe we do Mexican children and I don't know. Maybe that's not yeah. a good, good analogy, but I guess yeah, sure. I mean, yeah, I think they're like... I shouldn't say Mexican, uh, you know... Latin American children, Hispanic children. Yeah, Mexico's like, don't pin those freaking kids on us. <laughs> well, it's a, uh, Central America has a lot of different countries. So I'm sorry I was emo today. Yeah, no problem. No problem. Heavy flow day three. Okay, now. fine. Okay, good, good. It's always rough. Okay, cool. Well, party on, Wayne. Will you make me some like lemon water? Sure, I will. And and a muscle relaxer. Yeah, sure. Okay. Cool. Okay. See ya. Love you. Love you. There is in Red China. Then take a look around to Selma, Alabama. Uh, You may leave here for four days in space, but when you return, it's the same old place. The pounding of the drums, the pride and disgrace. You can bury your dead, but don't leave a trace. Hate your next door neighbor, but don't forget to say grace and tell me. Yeah.